What is going on, Ram fans? Welcome back. I am Vinny Bonsignor with The Athletic and joined by my The Athletic colleague, Rich Hammond. And this is 11 Personnel, your weekly, twice-weekly Rams podcast. And boy, oh boy, um, kind of a crazy situation that had unfolded at the Coliseum on Sunday. Um, 68 passes by Jared Goff. The Rams' defense gave up 55 points, although not all uh, were, were their fault. Um, Todd Gurley was MIA literally, um, uh, in a, in a game that featured so much offense. He was non-existent, uh, just a lot of madness, craziness, and weirdness unfolding at the Coliseum. And it all resulted in the Rams first loss of the season. They're three and one. I'm not too worried about that necessarily for the Rams, uh, purposes. Uh, but just the way it unfolded, some disturbing aspects to me uh, from that game uh, on Sunday at the Coliseum, and we're going to talk about it. And Rich, I know you watched the game and and saw it, and was probably weirded out just as much as anyone watching it. Wow! I mean, what was that? I mean, we, we've both been watching football for a long time, Vinny, and covering it. And I, I was trying to think last night. I I can't remember a game that. It was so different from my expectations of it. And I'm I'm talking, you know, pro, college, high school. You know, we, we never know exactly what's going to happen. But if you had told me that's the way that game was going to play out, I would have laughed at you. And it, I just I can't still can't believe that, that some of the stuff we saw actually happened. So a lot of angst out there. Vinny, I get it. I was, I was thinking about, you know, that scene in Re- early in Reservoir Dogs where, you know, the guy's bleeding out in the back seat and he's like, you're going to be okay, you know, and he's just like, the guy's just, just you know, heaving and sobbing and the guy's like, it's okay, we're going to get you a doctor, you're going to be okay. And th- that's kind of how I feel about Rams fans this morning. Like, it's it's one loss, it's uh, early in the season, but... Uh, but certainly, Vinny, and I know we're gonna we're gonna take this seriously, and we're gonna get into it. Um, we're seeing some trends, and we're seeing some things that we did not see in the past couple of years that are negatives, and that when you're talking about a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, uh, it's not too early to be concerned about some of this stuff. It's it's too early to panic. It's too early to say that the season is lost or stuff like that. But it's it's not too early to look at things and say, what's going on here? And we're going to talk a lot about Todd Gurley. Um, but let's talk first about the defense, just because you talk about 55 points. And I know one of those was a, was a fumble return for, for a touchdown. But I tried to do some quick research, Vinny. I can't find a game with Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator a regular season game where there's been more than 50 points scored by the opposition. He was the DC in Denver in that Super Bowl where they lost 55 to 10. He was obviously the DC last year when KC and the Rams had that big shootout, but nothing quite like this against Tampa Bay, Vinny. Tampa Bay. What 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 happened there? Well, first of all, four turnovers does not help, mm-hmm. uh, and they 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 turned four turnovers into twenty eight points. And tip your cap to Jameis Winston; he was fabulous yesterday. There's some times where you just have to say, you know what? It was your day, and it was certainly Jameis Winston's day. He was dropping dimes all over the field, being accurate, being confident, standing tall in the pocket, making plays with his feet when he needed to. Uh, he didn't run a lot. He's not a running quarterback. Um, he's a drop back passer, and and you know. Yes, the defense played poorly. They didn't get enough pressure on him. Um, you know, they 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 
were uh, uh, you know they, they didn't they didn't make stands like they had in the in the first three games off of turnovers, and it cost them. Uh, but but you know I'm not so worried about the defense. I think that um, you know over the long haul they'll be fine. They they ran into a hot quarterback yesterday that you know was was gifted three turnovers uh, and able to to maximize the, that. So um, bad day for the defense, but there were some circumstances that certainly led to that. I'm much more um, concerned about, you know, where the Rams offense is right now and um, their identity or lack thereof uh, and how they're kind of just trying to to figure it out as it goes uh, along. And, and, and what we've seen of the Rams under Sean McVay, they're not a team that figures it out as they go along or wing it. Uh, they usually have a purpose and an objective and an intent and an identity. And all of that is completely lost as far as I'm concerned right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And yeah, I also agree with you on the on the defense. I don't, it's weird to say 55 points and, and you kind of brush it off. And I don't think anybody should brush it off, but there were a lot of circumstances there. Like you said, Vinny, the turnovers is not something that's that any defense is going to be able to overcome. And yeah, I, I think you do have to give Jameis some credit. You talk about the past rush and yeah it didn't it didn't get home you know they they weren't pressuring him uh, they didn't get to him enough but he had some pretty darn good presence in that pocket and, and say what you will about James Winston but uh, you know he was hanging in there and keeping his eyes downfield and and making the good throws and I think you can provide a little bit of contrast maybe to somebody else we're going to talk about a little bit later on <laughs> but uh, but he, he was you know he was doing what he needed to do now the secondary I'm not quite as sure about that. I, I'm not sure what was going on there. I, I'm really going to want to watch the the All 22 when that when that comes out to see uh, what was going on there because he was able to hit some guys uh, with some space. Uh, I know we talked about in the last podcast how the Rams are doing a good job, especially against these top receivers, of keeping stuff in front of them, and I think that was largely true. Again, there was only one couple of plays I remember where where guys got behind the one. Uh, where Peters got got burned um, was one, but again, Jameis was able to you know really identify his targets, make his reads, and you know consistently hit those 10, 12, 15 yard passes, and and those ding you over the over the course of a drive. So, uh, Vinny, anything grab you before we move on to the offense? Anything grab you with that secondary? I, I know there were also a couple you know injury issues. Um, Anything long-term or short-term particularly grab you with that secondary? Well, um, I actually think in a weird sort of a way, um, they didn't play all that badly. I mean, um, you know, they kept things for the most part, like you said, in front of them. Uh, they just couldn't generate enough pass rush to, to uh, you know, to create some bad, bad uh, throws by by um, by Jameis, especially on third downs. That the third downs really killed them yesterday. You know, the long touchdown pass that that Marcus uh, gave up to uh, to Evans. Um, you know, not making any excuses for Marcus. He obviously misread uh, and and was like just one wrong. Uh, piece of footwork um, yeah. that that killed him on that play, but as Eric Weddle pointed out to me afterwards, he's like, you know, when you're in zero coverage like that without safety help, that can happen. I mean, that just sometimes can happen when you have a really good wide receiver mm -hmm. and a quarterback on top of his game, and one small little misstep by the cornerback, uh, you know, you're out there for a lot of plays on that island as a cornerback, and you know, unfortunately, um, sometimes you're going to make a mistake, and sometimes you hope that the, that mistake doesn't kill you uh, or doesn't hurt you um, uh, but this time it did but on the overall I thought Peters played a, a good game he also had the pick six and got waylaid uh, you know paid a yeah. big price 
getting that touchdown because he took a crushing uh, hit in the end zone. Um, it was again. It was it was just a, a, a situation where a really good or or a, or an NFL quarterback who has a lot of talent just had a great and fabulous day. Um, and and like you said, they couldn't quite get home on the pass rush. Um, and even when they were making life a little bit difficult, you had the perfect word. It was a presence. He just had a Jameis just had a fantastic feel yeah. for the game yesterday. Uh, it makes you kind of wonder why he can't do that and replicate that more often. Uh, but if he can, under Bruce Arians and uh, Byron Leftowitz, their 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 offensive coordinator, who I thought called a fabulous game, um, you know maybe maybe Winston is the quarterback of the future for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's their issue to deal with. Uh, we're talking about the Rams, and and it was just um, you know just not a good day at the Coliseum. Even though they fought back, there was a positive that they fought back. I thought Jared, you know, had to carry the load again. There's no running game going on right now for the Rams. You could just you know, uh, let's just let's just throw that out there right now. There's no running game. There's not even an objective really to to put together a run game, and I think that compounds uh, the issue. And we're going to get into why we think that might be. Uh, but when you're asking your quarterback to throw the ball 70 darn times, um, you know, you're going to turn the ball over. Statistics show that. Um, history shows that. It's usually when you get into that 30 range that, hey, you're, you're really pushing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something bad can happen, whether it's an interception or somebody, you know, gets an arm on him and forces a, t- a fumble. You're just asking way too much of your quarterback and your offensive line to protect that many times and, and avoid mistakes at all. You know, uh, entirely. You're just not going to do it, especially 68 times. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let, let's put a, a period on on the Rams' defense here. Uh, James Winston again. If if you saw if this was the first time you ever saw James Winston in an NFL game, you you would probably think he was an All Pro. Um, so yeah, consistency obviously an issue there, but he did very well. Uh, Evans, other than the sixty-seven yard touchdown, if you take that away, three catches for twenty-two yards. It's not like he did a whole lot. Chris Godwin was a guy. I, I think I mentioned him on our in our preview that I like, and he was he was the problem. <laughs> I mean, twelve catches for one hundred and seventy-two yards. Uh, his longest was thirty yards. So it's not like he was just you know flying all over and beating him deep. He was just a consistent. Uh, presence and then you know Tampa Bay's run game they didn't do a whole lot they averaged about three yards a carry Ronald Jones had 70 yards on on 19 carries but again we're going to get into this Vinny they did have that balance even if they weren't consistently you know they they weren't banging off those long runs all the time but but they had enough balance and and an identity in their offense that they were able to do some things and frankly that the Rams were not so Let's transition, and again, we're going to get into Todd Gurley and spend the bulk of our time talking about him, but we've got to talk about Jared Goff again, Vinny. You know, you, the number of the number of pass attempts is just nuts. I, I don't know what to make of that. It, it, when you look at the stat sheet, you would absolutely think it's an error. Like, you would turn it back into them and say, you guys got this wrong. These numbers can't be right when you talk about 68 pass attempts and 11 rush attempts. And one of those is to Cooper Cup. So 10 went to running backs. Um, Jared Goff, again, the mistakes, Vinny. I said it last week and probably the week before that. You know, you can talk about completion percentage or, you know, plays downfield or anything like that. I'm still looking at the mistakes. Three interceptions. I know one of them, you know, kind of got tipped, went, went up in the air. That, that's a 50-50 play. But he could have had a fourth one, too. Very easily could have been, you know, his third one that you can put on him. A couple of them, the reads, I don't know. I don't know what he was going for, uh, what he was seeing out there. It's hard to see through the quarterback's eyes. 
but again, Vinny, we can talk about the offensive line, and and I hope that you will. Um, to put it in some context, we can talk about the lack of a run game and put that in some context. But I'm not seeing a real comfortable, confident Jared Goff sitting back there. And to me, that's a problem. Well, um, I agree to an extent. Um, he, he actually... In a lot of in a lot of um, uh, instances, played a really good game yesterday. I mean, he was he was making he he carried them back. I mean, I know sure. he helped obviously contribute to the uh, to the hole that they were in in the first place. Um, I don't know if it's uncomfortable um, necessarily. There is a little bit of that. He's not getting protected as he was in the past. Uh, statistics are showing that he's he's under you know uh, as much or if not the most pressure in uh, in, in in the NFL right now. Um, so maybe there is a little bit of you know uh, discomfort uh, back there, but I think he's also trying to force things. I think that he he is sensing, yeah. and rightfully so, to be honest with you, he's got to do more right now because there's nothing going on in the running game. And when you have no running game to to balance things out, when you have an offensive line that's not necessarily protecting uh, as well as it has in the past, you're asking your quarterback to play faster to play quicker to make uh to, to do more yeah. um and 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 i think that that's all contributing to some of the decisions that he's making i'm not gonna you know sit here uh and absolve him of all blame he deserves blame for for even that factor of the matter is you have to be more careful you have to be more um careful you know with the ball but i i believe that that everything that's going on is is playing a big role in some of the decisions that he's making and some of the ways uh, that that he's playing. Um, because I see too many good things from him right. to say, you know, you know, this is a this is a huge Jared Goff problem. He's he's, you know, he played. He had some spectacular throws yesterday, some spectacular, um, you know, instances yesterday uh, and periods yesterday. He's still a, a really good quarterback, but I think that you're playing with fire by not giving him the the run game support. And the Rams have had a clear formula uh, under Sean McVay and how they go about winning football games and building an offense and building that identity and that run game presence and then playing off of that. Uh, your 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 offensive line gets more physical with the running game, uh, you know, intact, and then that helps your pass uh, blocking, you know, because first of all, your the defense is, is playing a little bit differently, but also you're you're you've gotten into an aggressive uh, mode when you when you're when you're a, a blocker that's that's established a run game and, a, and established a physicality. It translates into how your pass blocking as well. So. You know, long-winded answer, but uh, yes, he has to be better. But I also think that the Rams are asking him to do way too much right now. I, I agree 100%. He's not a mess. I mean, I, I think there's no, a difference. No, we, not even close. We've seen quarterbacks. It's not Blake Bortles <laughs> going down the tube, right? Or, or right. Sometimes, we've seen, sometimes we've seen some of these quarterbacks who have had a good year or two. All of a sudden, right. Kirk Cousins, you know, has kind of come to mind a little bit. It's not that at all. No. He's still – there's still – you know, plenty of positive traits of him, but go on. I, I think you were headed in that direction yeah. uh, as well. He's he, not a mess. No, he's not a mess. And you can't look, I, I understand what I'm saying here. You can't take away the three interceptions, but just, you know, try to put them out of your mind for a second or, or whatever, you know, yeah. throws. if you take those out, he's like you said, Vinny, he's still making great throws and he's still throwing. I mean, he completed 45 of 
68, 68. <laughs> right. Uh, for 517 yards. I mean, he was moving the ball down the field. The guy, it's not that he's forgotten how to play quarterback. And, no. and I have to laugh sometimes, Vinny, because I, I certainly understand the, the frustration, you know, that, that's out there. And, and we're going to get into some of that too, especially in terms of Todd Gurley. But, you know, there was a tweet early on, so, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I think we have to ask the question of whether Jared Goff is really the quarterback to win the Super Bowl for the Rams. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. He literally sat there in February and he was, you know, one good drive away from winning the Super Bowl. So right. let's try to put a little bit of perspective on this and say, you know, yes, there, there are some issues right now and there's some stuff they've got to clean up. But this is not a guy who has all of a sudden forgotten how to play quarterback or is, you know, like we said, just out there uh, flailing away. I mean, you look at, just look at last week. I mean, we, I have, I like Baker Mayfield a lot. I think he's going to be a, a really good quarterback in this league, but look at what the Rams did to him and, you know, just, just putting him under that pressure and, and you could see things just kind of fall apart. You're not seeing that from Jared, um, but that's why I look at the mistakes. Like I, I think, you know, the, the truly great ones, and if you want to talk about elite, whatever that word means to you, I, I think have the ability to to kind of play through that a little bit and not make those huge mistakes. I'm not talking every time, every game, every throw, but, but on the whole, I, I think that's a pretty good separator of when you're under that kind of pressure and that kind of stress, you know, w- what kind of decisions are you making? Where, where are you putting the ball? So, I definitely think he, yeah, I, he can get tighter with that, but it's not it's not a panic time, right? I I, I um, the way I look at it, uh, you know, he has obviously he hasn't forgotten how to play quarterback, but I think he's learning how to play a different way right now from what he's used to, you know, under Sean McVay uh, and with Todd Gurley and with a great offensive line. He's being he's making you know a sort of a transition to a different way, and there's some there's some growing pains or there's some you know, uh, issues that come along, come along with that. I think the, the, the best way you can help, uh, Jared Goff is to get back to your roots. Remember we saw last year in December where, um, those first two games, it was, what is it against the Chicago bears and the, uh, and the, and the, and then the Philadelphia Eagles at home, both losses, um, in both cases, the Rams didn't run the ball. They put a lot of pressure on Jared Goff. He was under a lot of pressure in both of those games. Um, and it was just they, they lost games and they looked bad doing it. What did they do? And this was with, without Todd Gurley. Without Todd Gurley, they go, you know, he can't play. So he's, he's sidelined for the, the last two games of the regular season. You go on the street. Malcolm Brown is hurt. You go on the street and, and get C.J. Anderson and make a, a concerted effort, a decision to say, we're getting back to our roots. We're going to run the ball and we're going to establish a run game and by hell or high water. And, you know, we're going to play off of that. Well, lo and behold, CJ Anderson comes in and averages 145 yards on 20 plus carries over those last two games of the regular season, both easy wins basically for the Rams. And they got back to who they were. And that carried over into the Dallas game. Uh, when, when Gurley comes back and they both, both he and CJ Anderson, you know, got the rock, carried the ball for more than 100 yards each, uh, and won a decisive game, playoff game against the Cowboys. Obviously, they got away from it in the in the in the Saints game, and then also in the in the Patriots game. Um, you know, going back, you could say, hey, they should have done things differently in both of those games to try to get Todd or CJ going, um, you know, more often. But it, it just seemed in those two games that they were just trying to win those two games by any means necessary. 
my, my point is you got to get back to what you were doing in those two games to end the season and many other games when Todd Gurley was healthy, which was feed him the ball, especially early. I don't care who it is, whether it's Todd Gurley or Malcolm Brown out there right now, but you have to get that going. You have to get your offensive line in a groove. You have to you have to develop some physicality and cohesiveness with the offensive line. You have to develop a run game. You have to plant that seed in the defense's mind, and you have to give Todd or give Jared Goff that balance uh, to be able to play off. And I think if you do that, everything's going to benefit from it. But right now, they're just not doing it and that's the weird thing and this was a, a major uh, point that you brought up in your story that's now uh, live on the athletic app and, and website and i thought you had some great analysis there too and, and there certainly is a trickle down effect here it's it's not just todd Gurley. it's not just the run game it goes down to as you just said and as you said in your story to jared goff to even the way the offensive line plays it it impacts everything and Vinny, let's just get into this here, and we can. We're, I have a feeling we're going to go back and forth with some soliloquies here, but that's great because <laughs> I both I want us both to be able to kind of speak our our mind here. But Vinny, let's just set the table here with Todd Gurley. Okay, I think there are two fundamental questions that we have to answer, and these are not new questions, but I don't think either one of them has been fully answered yet. Okay, first question. Is Todd's, Todd Gurley's knee healthy or not? Second question, is this quote-unquote load management or whatever term you want to apply to it, pitch count, rest, I, I don't care, fill in your own Mad Lib term, or is it ineffective play calling? Uh, and I, I look at that game yesterday, and I see Todd Gurley. I see him run. I've watched him run for four games now of this season. At times I see burst. At times I see a guy who I think doesn't quite look like the same run I would have seen two years ago. So there's questions in my mind there. The second part, I see a guy who played 76% of the plays yesterday. That's pretty good. That's a pretty high percentage of plays for your running back. But then he doesn't touch the ball. So he's out there blocking he's out there running routes he's out there you know going through the motion still being a physical part of the football game he's just not carrying the ball he's not getting hit as much but he's still out there but he's not getting the ball and so I look at part of that and I think well, what's going on did Sean look at the fact that Tampa Bay's run defense is pretty good uh, actually very good this year did he look at that and get influenced and get too cute with it and say, well, we're just going to be able to throw the ball? Uh, Vinny, uh, to me, those, those two questions, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we have the answer to either one of them yet. Well, I think for your first two questions, um, I, think, I think probably yes to, to, to both of them. Um, you know, the, the, the injured Todd Gurley question, uh, I think there is a yes. I don't know how... how, how um, hard that yes is is it a oh my god yes or is it yeah right. he is he's not quite this you know what i'm saying like that i don't know if we'll ever know and that's only for todd Gurley and the rams trainers and doctors to really answer i don't even know if i, I mean i you would imagine that sean McVay really knows but does he really really know i mean right. if, if a player wants to say i'm okay 
I feel fine. I mean, what else, a coach can't get into that knee and figure it all out himself. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't feel what whatever it is that Todd Gurley's feeling. So, so I think there's a yes to that answer and an obvious yes to the second question. There is load management going on. Jared, Sean McVay did not forget how to call plays. He does not. He does, hasn't forgotten what his bread and butter is. What his what his whole offensive identity has been crafted and built and taught on, which was going all the way back to John Gruden, going all the way back to the Shanahan's, you run the ball and then you play off the run game. That's what that that's how he's learned. That's what he's done since he's been with the Rams. He hasn't forgotten that. And I think that right now, the way the Rams are, I, I've said it, they're passively aggressively, um, you know, uh, carrying this, executing this plan out. It's almost like they want their cake and eat it to, mm. to eat it too. I don't even know if they, if maybe there there's a little bit of, um, you know, uh, they just don't want to admit it. Maybe, maybe, maybe they feel like it'll go. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what it is. But the whole point, the whole thing of putting him out there and then not using him right. completely, uh, it, it just. It's it's mind-boggling to me because it's doing nobody any good. You said that he was out there seventy percent, seventy-six percent of the plays, and had five carries, and you know a couple of you know a, a handful of times he got the ball in in the past game. That's not doing anyone any good, and in fact, it's hurting your team. You're playing with ten guys out there when you're doing that, right. um, and and the Rams would be better off if they are on a load management, if they are on a pitch count with Todd Gurley. Just put him on the sidelines. During those phases, figure it out that way because you can't you can't put him out there and still have him be on a pitch count. When he's out there, use him. When he isn't, when when you want to cut you know some slack and and preserve, then keep him on the sidelines and put somebody else out there that you can use freely and liberally uh, and the way you're supposed to use uh, a running back in this kind of an attack because you're you're tying a hand behind your back. You're asking everybody, including your coach. To work around the fact that you really don't have eleven players out there, you have ten, and that doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And Vinny, I just I want to address one thing, and I want to be perfectly clear on on both sides of this. You know, we understand the frustration that's out there from from the fans, and uh, there's a lot of questions. And and I just asked some of the questions and admitted that you know we don't have some of the answers, but. I think there's a little bit of this perception that, you know, reporters just were not either asking the right questions or, or not asking the the tough questions. That's always my favorite one. You know, ask the tough questions. Like, well, what, do you, what do you think we're doing? How many times yeah, have we asked? That, see, this is where I'm going with this. Video. Like, we, we've been dealing with this now literally since, what, the start of December uh, from, from that Philly game. And the questions are being asked folks over and over over and over over in every form every every verb every way that you can phrase a question it's been asked to every person Vinny I know you've talked not only to people in the Rams headquarters you've talked to people from other teams you've talked to doctors you have talked to everybody you can possibly talk to and when you talk about what's going on in that you know those media sessions and stuff I guarantee you, folks, our, our industry, being what it is, is a competitive one. If, there, if there's a story out there to be gotten, there are people, whether it's Vinny or you know Gary Klein, Lindsay Theory, uh, any of the national people who are out there, any of the TV people, 
everybody would love to get the full, complete, 100% factual story of what is going on out there. And the questions are being asked out front when you see it in the press conferences and even more so behind the scenes when you're not seeing that stuff. You are, there's text messages going on, there's phone calls, there's, there's conversations going on in person. Um, and I'm not saying this to, you know, boo-hoo, you know, you should feel sorry for the reporters. I'm, I'm just telling you that the answers are being sought uh, in, in pretty much every form from pretty much every person. And we can only tell you what's being said. And we can try to give you some context. And Vinny, you do a great job with this of, of you know, blending in things that you hear um, you know, what, what you, what you've been told and what you can kind of intimate from, uh, from, from what you've gathered. Uh, but you know, unless Todd Gurley is going to stand up there and say, this is exactly what's going on. This is exactly how I feel. Uh, and unless Sean McVay is going to stand up there and say, this is exactly what we're doing. We're not going to know. And Vinny, we said in the last podcast, they're not going to tell us like nobody's going to stand up there and give you the full truth in in the middle of a season so what we're left to do here is kind of piece things together and that's really the best we can do right yeah and i'll give you a funny story yesterday and and uh you know i'll mention the other reporter's name because he got a big laugh out of it as well as dylan hernandez yeah. who usually generates good laughs anyway on his own yes um so it's me dylan um can't remember who else i think the associated press was there um maybe one other reporter i can't remember but so we waited out todd Gurley. right uh, he he it took him a long time because another thing compounding the issues yesterday is the rams have a game on thursday so they yeah. immediately got into their recovery period so it was sort of a spotty locker room to begin with on who you could who is available to talk i waited you know todd Gurley out and you know i i you know, asked right off the bat, you know, like, do you agree with the play calling? Do you, is there, is there, I asked Sean, is there a concerted effort to, to slow him down earlier right. in game? So we're asking these questions, you know, and, and Todd's like, I'm not the play caller. I don't call the plays, blah, blah, blah. You know, just trying to win the game. His standard answer to all of those questions, right? right. So then Dylan says to him, you know, hey, are you 100%? Basically something about his health, you know, are you, are you, are you good? Are you hurt? Are you 100%? And Todd tilts his head, and because I was the probably the you know the reporter that he knows most out of that group right. right there, he tilts his head. He looks at me and just locks eyes with me for a good five to seven seconds. Like, and I know what he was thinking. Like, have we not been over this <laughs> a million times already? You know, like, and and almost like, is, does he really expect me to answer that question? And um, and I just stared him right back, like I'm not bailing you out. You know, you 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 decide whether you want to answer that. I'm sure. not. You know, I'm not here to. So it was just like one of those situations where, and it, and it and it shows. And what I, the reason I said that was, if you don't think that we haven't been asking these questions to these guys all the time, including Todd Gurley, are you healthy? Do you have? We've mentioned everything from arthritis to procedures that he reportedly, um, you know, underwent during the off season. Mm -hmm. uh, every report that's been out there. We have asked the right people about over and over and over again. So this notion that we're just playing along with all of this is absurd. And and I think that, you know, it's easy to sit there on the couch and say, ask the tough questions. Well, we ask the tough questions 
we're just not getting necessarily the full answers, the, 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 the whole story. And you can see that in police interrogations. Go watch the Senate hearings when, when guys are being questioned. You think they're getting all, you know, ask the tough question. I'm asking the tough question, right. but I have, you have to also rely on who's answering those questions. So for whatever reason, um, the Rams are, you know, they ha- it's obviously have a plan in place. They talked about that, you know, back in February into OTAs. There's a reason why Todd is on a, on a practice count, there's a reason why he didn't participate in OTAs. Uh, there's a reason why um, he gets a day off each week in the regular season. And there's a reason why his carries have just not been as much as they have been in the past. The question is, is it because he's really hurt or is it because he's healthy and they just want to keep him healthy? I think there's a mixture of both going on there. Mm. Um, and but, but, but what I do know is it's hurting the Rams right now because the offense is just not the same when you're not able to pound the ball, whether it's with Todd Gurley, which maybe you can't because of a, of a, of a decree that's in place. Um, but then to compound the problem, you're not even doing it with Malcolm Brown or his backup or anybody else. You have to somehow get back to that, whether it's with Todd and just say, whatever, we're just going to, we're just going to, we're, we're going to go for it with him right now. Or by saying, Todd, you're just going to have to stay on the sidelines because we can't afford to do this anymore. We need Malcolm Brown or somebody else to carry the load the way we need the load to be carried. Yeah, absolutely, Vinny. It's great analysis. I'm, I'm glad it was in your story, too, because I, I think that's that's where we need to be going with this. It's not the, to sit here and argue about what questions are being asked or whatever. I, I think we're spinning our wheels there. I, I don't know whether it's going to go anywhere. I think the, the point we need to get to with this is to say it's just not working. Whatever, whatever, quote unquote, the plan is, however they're trying to execute this, however they're trying to achieve the means to an end, it's not working um, because it is taking Todd Gurley out of sync. It's taking Malcolm Brand out of sync. It's not helping the offensive line. It's certainly not helping Jared Goff. And as you indicated in your story, Vinny, it seems to be making Sean McVay a little frustrated, too. I, I'm sure he's frustrated by any number of things at this point, but, uh, but you can see how it's just, it's, it's affecting everything. It's just kind of seeping into all the areas of the Rams offense. And uh, yeah. And I, and I wrote about that with, with Sean. And when I say frustration, I, I felt like for the first time, um, he was frustrated about, um, you know, and I don't, you, you got to be careful here because you don't want to just say things that you don't know entirely sure. that you don't know to be the case. But I sure felt like it was one of those situations where, you know, this is an organizational decision on how they're using Todd Gurley. If you think anything otherwise, you're nuts. It is. It's an absolutely, this is our asset that we have $57 million tied into uh, through the year 2023. We need to preserve him. We need to come up with a plan as an organization to keep this guy as healthy as possible for as long as possible. This is not Sean McVay deciding one day, this is the game plan that I'm going to draw up. I'm not going to use Todd Gurley. I'm going to put him out there 76% of the time, but not use him not right. nearly enough. That's not what's going on. This is a decision that's been made collaboratively between, you know, within the organization. And Sean McVay has had to be the face of that in a lot of ways to answer for that, um, you know, uh, because it's his play calling, it's his game plan, it's his, you know, decision on game day. But I think that some of that decision is not 
entirely in his hands yet he's the one that's you know having to answer for it and in some cases take take the blame for it i've been you know following twitter all day you know the worst game under the sean mcveigh era he's abandoned the run game uh you know what is he thinking you know and i'm thinking to myself do you really think right. you know that 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 he's just decided that they're a better team without using todd Gurley uh, enough and i'm going to use one quick story uh, this was a, a baseball manager a few years ago, a Dodger manager a few years ago, told me the story about how he goes out to the mound, is in the sixth, seventh inning or so. Uh, his pitcher's pitching well. It's a close game. It's his star pitcher. I go out to the mound uh, to, to talk to him. Not There's no way I'm taking him out of the game. It's too important. It's too close. He's pitching too well. I go out to the mound, and I get to the mound, and the pitcher says to me, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm out of gas, you know. And I'm like, oh, wow. So now I got to take the guy out, you know. So here I am motioning for, you know, the left-hander or whatever. Uh, the pitching change happens. I'm walking off the mound, and the whole crowd's booing me. And he goes, and in my head, I'm thinking, do these people really think <laughs> that I went out there to take this guy out of the game? That decision was taken out of my hands. I'm just, you know, the guy said that he didn't have gas, but I would never, he would never say it, like, like on the record, like this is what really happened. Sometimes as a manager, you have to take the heat on that kind of decision to protect your player. And I think that's what, to some extent, Sean, Sean you know, uh, McVeigh is dealing with right now. And there's some form of, unf there's some part of that that's really unfair right now because it's making him look like he's just changed what he's doing for the Rams for the worse and not making any adjustments uh, off of it. And I think, like I said, it's a little bit unfair the position that he's in right now. It is, Vinny, but I don't, I don't want to relitigate our debate from, from last week. But the, but this is kind of my issue with this, is that Sean is the only one who is out there saying there's no plan, there's no load management, there's no pitch count. And I and Todd. And Todd, you're right. Those are the only two people. That, that's a very important distinction. And that's, that's a big, yes. But, but here's my thing. Like, I, I get it, and I'm going to argue against myself a little bit here because I understand exactly <laughs> what you're saying. And I think it is to Sean's credit because I'm sure he runs that through his own head and says, if I say that, it's going to sound like an excuse. If I, even if I acknowledge what the truth is, which is what Kevin Demoff has said, what Les Snead has said, what, you know, anybody else we hear behind the scenes or whatever, I feel like if when Sean runs th that through his head as a leader, as a coach, he thinks, if I say that, if I acknowledge that there's some kind of plan, then I am kind of tacitly saying that I'm being, you know, handcuffed as a head coach. And I get that. And and that's, that's an admirable thing. If that's what's going on, that's an right. admirable thing for a coach to... Uh, to say, but I'm going to say it again. I, I just, I don't think he's helping himself by doing this either. And I don't think he's helping the perception of what's going on. This is now, Vinny, the sixth consecutive game, basically. If you include the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl and these four games, it's basically the sixth consecutive game in which Todd Gurley hasn't been used other than uh, you know, a little bit. Okay. Basically, it's the sixth game. After which yeah. Sean McVay has come out and said, you know what? I just, it's on me. I didn't get him in the flow of the offense. We didn't have enough plays, blah, blah, blah. Sean, we know what's going on. We know what's going on. Like, I don't under, I don't think that him continuing to put that out there and, and trying to shoulder that, I, I think it only muddies the water more than it helps anybody. And I get what he's trying to do, 
but I I don't think it helps. I don't either, and I don't know what the solution to that would be. No, I don't so either. That's yeah. that's that's my that's my like I've good luck, I've, guys. Good me, luck. <laughs> I know. I, I I've I've thought about it so many different ways. Like, would I do this? Would I say that? But each each thing that you do, there's there's like some other yeah. you know uh, rabbit hole that, or you know something else pops up. Uh, like, wow, okay, that that would cause that to happen. Um, you know, so so there he is kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. And I think that for everybody's best interest, um, and I don't know how you go about changing the narrative or 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 changing the message or or you know, whatever, but I think the bigger issue becomes whatever the semantics are, whatever however they're trying to couch it, however they're trying to to put it and uh tie it up and all that. I think more importantly, they need to figure out all right, this is the situation. Whether we say it or not, this is the situation. But we're, we, we are weakening our team when we put him out there and don't use him. Yeah. There's got to be a better way to not use him but be able to use somebody else in replace of him. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I, I mentioned in my story, he, right now they're running the ball like haphazardly. It's like here, there, uh, maybe there, here. You got to, especially with this young offensive line, especially with trying to, you know, uh, build an identity with that group, you got to sometimes just say, the hell with it. I'm running the ball six, seven straight times right now. We're going to get after it. We're going to run the ball. We're going to build a foundation right here, whether it's with Todd or Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson or whoever else. And we're going to get after it right now because that's what we need to do. Um, they're just not doing that. And I think that's the bigger problem right now, even more so, and it is a problem, than the messaging because that's just completely gotten out from under them. And I don't know if they're ever going to be able to, to to get that one figured out, but you can certainly help things by doing it better when you execute it during the games. Yeah, 100%, Vinny. The, the other stuff is kind of window dressing. We're, like I said, we're never going – you can say all you want about the – the questions that get to get get asks or whatever we're we're probably never going to get to the bottom of exactly what's going on there and frankly at this point it doesn't matter i i don't think it, it what matters is what they're going to do about it and like I well said, and, and sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off but not just this year like we said he's just starting yeah his contract right. extension right. right this is something that it's not going to get better it's not, you know, right. in terms of like like his health and everything like that, uh, you know, knock on wood for him. We all like Todd Gurley. We don't want anybody hurt or anybody damaged or anybody, you know, to- we don't like to talk about those type of things where he's on the other side of the hill. That's just not cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But let's face it. I mean, if we're being real here, if this is what it is right now in 2019, what's it going to look like in 2020? What's it going to look like in 2021, right. 2022, 2023? So... Boy, it's not a good place right now. Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing. I, I think they've the, the plan. I understand the the reason for it. I even understand it in in theory, uh, but it's not working. And they've they've got to make some. You either got to go one way or the other. You've just got to either throw it out and say, hey, you know what, we're gonna run this guy out there and we're gonna roll the dice and see what happens, or they're going to have to do more of what you suggested during the podcast and in your story also which is just they can't split the baby on this stuff anymore you can't just roll Todd Gurley out there for 76 of the percent of the plays and think that having him out there as a decoy or as a blocker or as an occasional pass target 
is going to fool anybody or is going to help your offense get into any kind of rhythm. You got to just if 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 he can't go or if you decide it's not the best thing for him to go, you got to put Malcolm Brown out there. Or you even and I know this is everybody can feel free to laugh at me and it's probably a really really stupid idea so I'll stipulate that from the beginning, but <laughs> I even thought last night like if this is what's going on, then just pick your games and say, we're not even going to activate Todd Gurley. Like, it's just, if if he can't go, if you just, as you said in your story, Vinny, if you're going to have one hand tied behind your back, why not just roll it out there with, with Malcolm Brown and whoever else, you, if you want to pick C.J. Anderson back up off of his couch, whatever you want to do. Like, it's just, it's clear to me we have enough of a sample size now. Four games isn't a ton, but it's it's a pretty good sample size at this point. You know, it's basically no a, it's a quarter of a season. I, I think we can fairly look at this and say that it's not working, Vinny. And you you have said it. the The identity of this team is not there anymore. And that doesn't mean you can't change the identity. You could you could change the look of an offense. You could have it. They did the last two games of the of the regular season sure. last year. They got back to to who they were. Sure. Uh, and it was because of a concerted uh, intent and a and an objective. Now, here's what I here's here's the question. This is always what's kind of, you know, pops into my head as well. Um whether it's kind of denial or hopefulness um do you think and I, I i don't i'm not even saying think this is pretty much what the rams are thinking is this we we're good enough to win enough games to to put ourselves in position to do what we need to do in the playoffs by dealing with it this way and taking whatever hits come along suffering a loss here or there like, right. like they did on sunday but being okay and in and in good good enough position in the playoffs to be able to, or like late in the season to help your playoff seedings to, to then just unleash Todd Gurley, a healthy Todd Gurley. I have to believe that that's actually what they're thinking. Like we're going to be able to just get by right now, win enough games to be in position to then go back to using Todd Gurley for the last four games, including the playoffs, let's say, or the Super Bowl, if they are, are fortunate enough to get there, the way the way we know and the way we need Todd Gurley to really play to, to win big games. Again, maybe that's denial. Maybe that's just over-hopefulness. But it, it sure seems like that's what they're counting on or hoping for to happen. The old, the old rope-a-dope? Is that what you're saying here, Vinny? They're just going to yeah, kind of reel him in and then uh, it gets to December. I did think that too. I, I, I still think it's a possibility because when you, again, if you want to use the term load management or whatever, um, you're managing him for a purpose, right? I mean, it's, you're tr- it's, a, it's a means to an end. Like you said, if you want to look yes. at, at Kawhi Leonard, you know, why do they, why did Toronto manage him so much during the regular season? It was because they knew they were going to need him in, in May and June and, and it worked. And they may have lost home field advantage because of that, but they right. still were able to, 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 you know, um, uh, deal with that when they had a healthy Kawhi Leonard during the, during, during the playoffs. Right. Um, it, it's just that, it's just that, and look at yesterday, if you don't turn the ball over three times, you probably win that game. Even in spite of everything, right. you probably beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you take care of the ball. But that goes back to the whole, you're okay. You're going to be in that kind of a situation though, from time to time, because you're asking everybody to do way too much, including your quarterback, um, that mistakes are bound to happen. Now, if he can just, Learn, and this is what I keep saying, 
Jared Goff is going to have to adjust to the new reality that he's dealing with. And that means just taking his game to another level, being more careful with the ball, taking a few less chances, um, and just, you know, winning ugly maybe. Um, but he's going to have to make that adjustment. It's a lot to ask of your quarterback. Uh, I think he's capable of, of doing it. And I think that's what the Rams believe too. So maybe at the end of the year, we'll go, what a brilliant plan for Todd Gurley. <laughs> Look at him. He's running the ball 30 times and gaining 216 yards in the playoff game. We were so dumb looking back, uh, you know, looking at it in, in retrospect. But man, it's, it's going to be quite the ride to get there if this is what we're going to continue to see on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, that, that's a high wire. To be, to be trying to, to <laughs> yeah. navigate there in the air. And, you know, you can talk about it in the N- NBA. You're talking about 82 games. And in the NFL, you're only talking about 16 regular season games. And uh, I, I still do think that is a possibility. But, wow, again, you, you're, you're, taking, you're playing a really high-risk game there. And you are also uh, kind of betting on that you can get that offense going. I mean, we've talked about how so much of it is rhythm-based and, and everybody being on the same page. So... Can you just flip that switch if you get to December and, and that's the plan? I don't know, but I, I guess we'll be here to to figure it out, Vinny. So uh, crazily, they scored forty points yesterday. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we're I mean, talking, talking about, about it yeah, right. You, you taught you everything we've said. You you would think they're getting shut out in these games. I mean, they're not. They're still scoring a lot of points. So, but again, it's all relative to expectations. This isn't this isn't twenty sixteen anymore. So you can't uh, you can't uh, view them through that through that. Uh, through that glass anymore so uh, they're just gonna have to i think i think i think at the end of the day sorry to cut you off i think at the end of the day and i know that this is what they're thinking about and talking about we just have to figure out a way to win games right now yeah this way we're, we're gonna have to figure out that formula with this type of usage and whatever to whatever physical level todd Gurley is right now to that we're gonna have to work around it and figure it out um and it is only four games into the season. It is a new world for them. This is not what they were banking on when they signed Todd Gurley to the contract extension. But is this is their reality. And, you know, it's going to be on everybody. Sean McVay, Jared Goff, the offensive line, the defense, uh, uh, you know, t- to make this work, to come together in a way that is able to, to manage this situation. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're managing a situation. Um but we'll see if if they've got the wherewithal, the talent, um, and and the ability to be able to to make this work without the Todd Gurley that that we've uh, come to know over the last few years. Yeah, it is it is on everybody, and it's also on Stan Kroenke, Vinny, and he wore a blue suit, and uh, they lost. So I, I think it's a bounce back game for everybody, including Stan Kroenke. You know, I think we're going to see the tan suit come out, and uh, let's let's look ahead to Thursday real quick. It's funny we're just <laughs> this game is so fresh, and and the turnaround uh, we we won't be talking to folks. Uh, our, our next episode will be after that Thursday game at Seattle. So let's talk real briefly. Uh, it's it's weird. Everybody's going to be you know looking back more than looking forward. I think, but uh, we we do like to give our predictions. We're not going to go undefeated this year, Vinny, because we both picked the Rams to to beat the Bucks. I think most everybody in the in the free world did. Uh, so uh, we can't take take too much uh, guff for that. But uh, what do you think? Quick turnaround. These games are always unpredictable. These Thursday night games are just kind of bonkers sometimes. They always go uh, off the script. Uh, you can go one of two ways if you're the Rams. You can see this as a bounce back game and and be really angry and, and go out there and uh, perform really well. Or there can be a little bit of a hangover. So 
Uh, where are you going with this, Vinny? Well, certainly they're going to have a well-rested Todd Gurley on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. A uh, couple, real quick, um, yesterday in the locker room, uh, immediately after the game, if anyone's ever been to a spin class, uh, you'll, you can just picture a spin class, okay? So we're talking to guys periodically in the locker room after the game while a full-on spin class is going on yeah. as the players were, you know, uh, recuperating and, and getting a head start on their, on their uh, you know, uh, conditioning and getting their body right for Thursday's game. So it was an ongoing process immediately after the game to start looking ahead to, to Thursday or start preparing their bodies for Thursday. But it was the oddest, weirdest thing to have – you know, 15 NFL players just within arm's reach of you going through this intense spin class situation uh, while I'm talking to Andrew Whitworth trying to explain to me why the hell they weren't running the ball enough uh, in, in, in in the game. So really <laughs> weird situation, but it tells you the lengths that these guys go to and the training staff goes to to get teams ready for this weird Thursday game that they pluck onto most teams' schedule during the course of the year. You know... I don't know. I, I, I really don't have a handle yet on on this game. I got to uh, still digest what happened yesterday. Um, but they're going to have to run the there. You know, you go on the road in a hostile environment. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. The Seahawks are coming off, you know, a, a big win. Um, this is a divisional game. Uh, first place is on the line. I know it's early in the season, but that place is going to be bananas. And it's hard to win if you don't pack a running game in situations like that and environments like that. So I got to figure one way or another, it's time to see Todd Gurley or more of Malcolm Brown. Uh, but they they have to get their feet under him with the running game um, and then and then hope that that succeeds. Uh, and if they do, then you can quiet down the crowd a little bit. Todd, you know, it's it, you know, Jared would have a you figure, uh, you know, operate in a, in a cleaner pocket and make plays downfield. Uh, but this can also get away from the Rams really easily. So I'm not quite ready to to make a prediction, but if man, it's Come on, gonna man. be hard. Come on. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard. All right, I'm gonna. I think the Seahawks win this game. I think it's Ooh. gonna be. Right. Yeah, I think I think I think it's gonna be a 24-17 type situation. That's what I'm seeing. It. Um, you know, wouldn't surprise me if the Rams did bounce back. There's there's some bitter tastes in a lot of mouths yesterday. Um, so I, I could see them, you know, uh, putting together a much better, a much better effort. But it's going to be tough, tough sledding when you know, basically, you probably aren't going to have full throttle Todd Gurley in a situation and an environment that you really need him. Yeah, can't argue with any of that, Vinny. Um, when we go into uh, in future podcasts, I'd like to go into your experience at spin class. But uh, we'll, we'll save that for another time. But uh, can't argue with your analysis. Uh, I, I just it has a feel to me that there's going to be a little bit of a bounce back, especially with that defense. Um, and we've seen that Rams defense, although in slightly different incarnations, uh, be able to handle Seattle fairly well. Uh, I don't discount the things that they can do up there. Uh, especially when you're talking about playing in that environment. But the Rams have shown that they can go up there and win. So I, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more of an angry Rams team that goes up there. I think it'll be close. I'm going to go ahead and say 27-24 Rams. Uh, I don't feel confident in that at all. <laughs> so we'll see exactly what happens. These, these Thursday games, you know, Vinny, they're just they're a coin flip no matter what. We, things happen on Thursday that you don't see on, on Sunday. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I know you'll be there to, to take it all in and always an awesome atmosphere up there in Seattle. So I'm sure that'll be an, an enjoyable uh, game. And if you want to get the... Uh, 
Seattle perspective on this, I'd encourage you to check out the latest episode of the Man to Man podcast on, on the Athletic Network. It's done by our friends up in Seattle, uh, Michael Sean Dugar and Christopher Kidd, and, and they break down the Seahawks uh, just the way that we break down the Rams with a lot of analysis and previews and uh, breaking down their last game. So I encourage you uh, before Thursday to go uh, check them out and see what they're saying about the Seahawks and how they feel about going into the game. So we will look forward to being with you on a Friday morning to see what happens, to see how many carries Todd Gurley gets against the Seahawks. So uh, Vinny, safe travels to Seattle. And thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we will talk to you on Friday. Thank you very much. See you guys on Friday. <laughs>